0: here's what happened. We have a friend from the east side, actually, Maria Beauchamp. She's from Puerto Rico. She's a big activist in Puerto Rico. She spends about half the time in Puerto Rico, half the time here. A big leftist comrade of ours. The about three years ago, the like the superintendent of the Puerto Rico schools was a woman who was from Delaware County, just outside of Philly, had gone to Penn, you know, big like school choice person. Well, you know Puerto Rico is very. Uh, there's a lot of corruption. So comes comes to find out now, Bill can correct me on any details, but she winds up like sort of selling or annexing like public school property to a private interest for like a highway or something. And in return, she gets like a fancy flat, like a fancy, like old, like old, old city Puerto Rico apartment, like just tit for tat, like tit for tat shit. Well, she gets busted, right? She gets, she gets arrested and arraigned on like felony corruption shit. She winds up pleading guilty to like some corruption, doing some jail time. She basically says she's an idiot. You know, she was just like, I I didn't know, whatever. Well, because she's an area person, she was just hired as the executive director of First State Educate, a huge nonprofit school choice bullshit uh a, a organization in Delaware, lobbying group in Delaware that's that the 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 chairperson of the board is a fucking DuPont. But 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 they are DuPont. They're they're DuPont. It's it's just there. there. It's spelled
1: t h e r e. It's there.
0: It's there with an, with an I don't care
1: how many accents you put on It's there dupont.
0: There yeah. dupont. Yeah. You're there and everywhere. No so so we're people of our of our uh, persuasion are, are are not very pleased with this with this thing. Did you did you record that ex- explanation? Is yeah. that explanation? Also? So so <laughs> Bill what what did you think when that when that went down?
1: Uh I mean I i was just surprised i i guess i had some thoughts but it, it doesn't impact me too directly but i was just like it just it feels like an odd way to sort of to justify it by by saying that you know uh, leftists you know we should be empathetic here we should we're like the party of expungement <laughs> i don't I yeah i uh I don't know I I, like this woman should obviously be able to to work and move freely like throughout the country right now it just feels like such an odd uh, position of power that's like well funded that basically impacts like the subject matter of her crimes in Puerto Rico
0: yeah I mean that's the thing I'm and Carl was very clear about this online too like it really has nothing to do with being like convicted of a crime or, or having been in prison like that's like you take that as it goes like I don't really care about that. But if your whole gig is you're in education so that we can parlay that into, like, private gains, into, like, a business, like, you're going to be sort of, like, tangentially connected to public good education schools. But you're going to take every opportunity to sort of, like, privatize it so like people make private money so we can funnel some of that money to private people and that's like you're gonna be your gig. I really don't care if you've been to prison or not. I don't like it and so that's 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 my that's my take on it and we're gonna have another take about uh, public-private partnerships when we get to the end of this, my friend because Hunter Biden didn't pay his taxes. Jack Markell facilitated it, and he's going to be the ambassador to Italy. We're going to talk about that. We're in the shadow of Rockford Tower. We're behind enemy lines. We're in the belly of the Delaware Way Beast. This is Rob. This is your Highlands Bunker podcast. And this evening... We're welcoming back uh, to the studio in a full studio in a nice sort of kind of cool, chill environment. I feel good about this. Timeless Thomas Swan. What's going on, man?
2: Again, Rob uh, and HBP, uh, thank you for having me. It feels good to be back. Uh, I'm listening to you and you ain't missed a beat. (laughs) You're still hooping and hollering and making real good, intelligent noise. Um... I'm here and 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 like you said I do have some updates uh, I would I would like to just share with your audience um, the reason they should patronize so they can hear the exclusives maybe one day I'll be on a patrons only edition and it'll be the uh, and it'll be worth uh, it's quite
0: possible it'll
2: be worth the uh, whatever the selected monthly fee is uh, to participate in we that. would
0: appreciate five dollars but two dollars is enough to get the the, the patrons only stuff
2: beautiful okay so yeah uh, anyway rob i'm here man and i and i want to talk about my it, it's ironic that you started the segment talking about uh this woman and her jail uh, career or history or whatever uh and that's the reason why i wrote my book 101 Things You Should Know About Jail, uh, with a bonus chapter, of course, of 50 questions, that you should ask anyone returning from prison. Um, it's recently uh, my newest uh, achievement or accomplishment or accolade or whatever. It is. ACX Audible now has the book, so you can
0: also listen to it. Audiobook. This is why I got excited, because you sent me the thing. You're like, you my can, book is now an audio You can now
2: listen to it. That's so even, even if you're blind, you can still get a front row seat in my mind. And here's the thing, Rob. Uh, through research, right, I found out that every single American has a jail story. Every single American, whether it be indirectly or, or, or directly. Jail is a culture here in this country. And I didn't know I was sitting on a gold mine when I wrote the book initially. I told you that before. I wrote it as a uh, really, I, I initially wrote it uh, for some get backs. I wanted to get a piece of money for the blood, sweat, and tears that I endured um, throughout my bad decisions and shortcomings uh, on my way towards growth and development. Uh, but uh, it evolved into a movement the book really you know took off good uh, people gravitated to it and the information and it became a movement uh then it kind of morphed into a spiritual uh, perspective i'm going to say and it became a ministry and the book was a ministry for a long time up until recently, until um, I got it, uh, till I made the transition to audio. And that's when it evolved again. I I, I thought it was good at ministry. I've, I You know, I've been doing public speaking. I've been speaking to the juveniles at the detention centers. And I speak to the women in women's groups. They say the bonus chapter alone is worth the price of the book. 50 Questions You Should Ask Anyone Returning From Prison. In the history of asking questions, nobody never asks anybody 50 questions, so it's a real big bonus chapter. Of course, it's included when you purchase the book. But women have told me that those questions um, are not just for someone returning from prison. Those questions are 50 solid sturdy questions. They're sturdy questions. And uh, I'm glad that I could be a help in that way. But like I say, the book evolved again. So at this point, it's passed. It it went past the ministry, and I didn't think it could do that. Uh, So the word became life. The book is now a living organism. The book is alive now. And uh, as great as I thought the book was, and as relevant as it was, uh, and impactful as it was, because I kind of found a way to control a narrative through this book, you can either be an ex-offender or a returning citizen. So after reading the book, you kind of get that, you know, you, you find out you have that option. Some people don't even know those options exist. And you talk about solutions and, you know, I'm a solutionary. Uh, I found out that the core of every single problem in the whole world, well, well, In a whole social world, right? The core of every problem is decision-making. Somebody's making a decision that's either going to be beneficial or not beneficial. Bottom line. So we know without darkness, we don't know what light is. The polarity of life. Positive and negative. Well, let me
0: ask you. Talk to uh, me, Rob. I'm so so glad you kind of went back to that because when you were talking before about sort of your own personal journey, I thought of it, and then you mentioned uh, talking to... You know, you're talking to teenagers. You're talking to other men on um, stuff. You know, and the the reason that you wrote your book was because you know you're going into a you're going into a situation that's not well understood, and it's very different than what people think it is. And you got to know you know what's going down. But <clears throat> my question is, do you think that it's one hundred percent decision making? Do you think that the option is there for like you know it's it's just the 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 reason we have this the situation that we have that we're the, the the criminal justice and the incarceration situation that we have do you think that that's really a an individual decision or do you think that people are put into situations where Okay, you know, there are definitely decisions that are made. I'm not trying to take any responsibility away from people necessarily. I'm just saying that there are situations people are, that are put in that make it a lot easier to like choose well, to, choo- to choose a, uh, to make a bad choice I'll say well, well. and so I, 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 I I'm I'm always. I always want to try to balance this idea that of personal responsibility with uh, a, a more social responsibility or collective responsibility of whatever it be, whether it's housing, so, education, so, whatever.
2: So that we don't misunderstand what I was saying, I was saying the core okay. of of every problem. So if we would... Uh, I wasn't saying the core of an individual circumstances. I wasn't saying that. Maybe the core of a problem is that we... Uh, elected the wrong official passed the wrong law and then now it impacts a certain demographic but I was saying the core is somebody's making a bad decision or a wrong decision or a, a uneducated decision or an unethical
0: decision that's what I was just getting to the yeah, core right, right right yeah so i'm excited about now we talked about the book before yes. uh sort of cataloging sort of this 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 alternative reality that a lot of people have to go through and it's better. You understand sort of like the, the nuts and bolts of it, but now it's an audio yes. That how, how did that transpire? How did that, like now you have your book being, being read in a theatrical way. That's, that's a dope shit.
2: Well, well, before I even go any further, uh, Rob, first, let me give you your flowers while you're still here on earth. <laughs> After you read my book and gave me your assessment, that, uh, did a lot for my ego. I mean, you really boosted my literary self-esteem uh, because me and you are from two different ends of the earth. and for me to have got my message across to you and and the way you received it and the feedback you gave me, let me know that okay, anybody can read this book and get the message I'm trying to give. And so it kind of, uh, again, it, it took a life form. It's, it's a living organism. So I attracted through universal laws and principles. I, I attracted through the laws of attraction. I attracted through human magnetism, this great narrator from, uh, across the water. I got my book narrated in Columbia from a person. I don't even know, never met him, never followed him on Facebook. None of that. They just came out of the heavens And said, hey, good book. I think I can do something with it. And I said, well, hey, this is my budget. And they said, well, you know what? We still believe in it. Let's go for it. And uh, that's when it took a life form because my narrator, ironically, is a woman. And again, as great as you know the book is, as great as I know the book is, and as many people as had as many people that the book has impacted to date. The woman said, she said, well, Thomas, this is a really good book, but there's not a woman's perspective in here. Something I never thought of. I mean, I do know everything about jail from A to Z, but I I guess I wouldn't know what it would feel like to have to take your weave and your makeup and your eyelashes off from the back of the cop car and start beginning to look like who you are and not having money to buy a tampon and stuff in a pillowcase in your, in, you know, during your menstrual, I wouldn't know about any of that. I'm not a woman. So she gave me that. That's, that's why I say that the book is still alive. Cause now I have to do 101 things you should know about gel estrogen addition. You, you you know what <laughs> I mean? It, 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 it's living, you know? So, uh, and then, you know, so, um uh, but that's interesting. You know, I, I wrote the perspectives of how a wife feels when her partner goes away or a sister would feel or a mother would feel. I, I know that woman's perspective kind of like empathetically. Uh, but yeah, so it's the book's still moving right now. It's audio. And like I say, it's it's uh, I'm, I'm looking to target uh, uh, blind facilities right now. Uh, Because they, uh, like I was telling Bill before we started, they don't need to be discriminated against uh, with this information. They need to be privy to this information just like anybody else because, again, America, jail's a culture here. Everyone has a jail story. That even includes the blind lady and the blind man. They're still directly, mostly, or some indirectly connected to some prisoner, whether it's whatever whether it's your friend at work's son, whether you got raped when you were a kid and that guy went to jail, whether you see it on TV or whatever, jail's here. And I always tell people, not just one mistake, because we know that, of course, can get you locked up. Not one DUI. Not just one cop having a bad day. Not just one misunderstanding. Not just one false accuser or mistaken identity. We know that can get you in jail. We know that part. But But the problem is... Your very first cellmate might have 17 years in all push-ups. It really changes the dynamic. You were just supposed to be home for dinner, and now you're caged with a savage beast over a misunderstanding. So that can even happen to a blind person. (laughs) It can happen to anybody. They need to know that information, or they at least need to know, well, hey, my nephew just came home from jail. Uh, I can't see him. I can hear him going through the house. What's going on? You know, They need to know the psychology of the person who's standing behind you in the Walmart line, not controlling their anger, they're they're showing you a demeanor of aggression. They're showing you a demeanor of anxiety. Put stick some uh, penitentiary institutionalization into that mixture, and then you have a recipe for disaster.
0: That's, that's exactly, and I, I'm 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 hoping that. This actually is a lead-in to a couple of other discussions I want to have. We talked about this a little bit. Yeah. So about a month ago, two months ago, I talked to a guy, uh, Hassani Perkins, who was talking about his experience. Um, we haven't talked about a lot of work he's doing. Uh, I think he's connected with the ACLU and, and other places. Uh, but he wants to come back in, and he put me in touch with someone uh, from Sussex County um who has a connection with someone who worked like in uh, con- they did contractual sort of medical services for the prisons yeah. and they're v- they're very keen to talk about not just the different sort of the uh, the 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 other culture that we've built but exactly what you're talking about like the 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 mentality the mental health aspect of it for not only what that culture might do to the mental health of somebody, but then coming back, you you are like somebody behind you at the Walmart or sitting at the table next to you at the restaurant might be acting a certain kind of way. Well, there might be very good reason for that. Uh, it's very complicated, actually, though. And I think that's what not only your book, that's kind of what I'm interested in talking about. Like you said, it's a living thing. The next thing I'm trying to get into is the impact of that for everybody, like you said it, it 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 touches everyone you're right
2: um and mental health as it will pertain to incarceration um, it you, there's a lot of variables that go into that you got people that have been misdiagnosed right? You got people that are really not even uh, crazy at all. They observe probably a a very high frequency of mental health, and they're so powerful mentally that they uh, are not a part of the majority. They're a minority, so they're excluded and targeted and and shunned, silenced, Gang stalked. There's just a a number of adjectives you can describe that can contribute or a number of variables that can contribute to someone appearing to have mental health uh, diagnoses or mental health conditions because then we got to remember this too, that big pharma is big business here in America too. So why wouldn't I diagnose you with something, shove some pills at you and get you on the... uh, you know, get you to be uh, a legal
0: junkie. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I think people, yeah, yeah, like I said, I think months. the most powerful thing about all of this stuff is to get people to understand that there, there isn't, this This is a, uh, I forget exactly the term you used, like this is a, an alternative culture and an alternative society that we've built. And it's big and it's real and, it touches everybody and people do not necessarily grasp what it is that we've done here. And it, it doesn't really matter what you think of the, 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 the situation that sort of created it. I, I, I have ideas about it. Um, but the fact is that it is what it is. And people do not understand it at all.
2: So, so let me tag him again, Rob. While you got me here, so my thing is this too. So, everybody has a particular portion of the fight that they can fight. You know, you're either part of the, uh, you're part of the solution, and because you know, I kind of added an addendum to that cliche. You're either a part of the solution or you are the problem. If you're just standing by looking, uh, you're just as bad as the as the person participating in the problem especially if you do have the ability to influence change or So anyway, so what I have personally done, uh, as a solutionary, right. As a community superhero, right. As a role model and a mentor, uh, to those who are still going through, right. Based on lived experience, I'm not coming out of the textbook. I write textbooks. The problem, what I'm doing to contribute, uh, is I'm taking people back to their greatness, right? Of course, you know, that's the name of my show on 95.3 FM. But I take individuals. Each one teach one, each one reach one. This is why the revolution will never be televised. It doesn't look like a bunch of people with picket signs making a bunch of noise. We revise ourselves. It's not going to be on TV. We're going to revise ourselves, and then I'll revise one, and then he can revise two, and then they can. And that's how it works. It's an individual thing, so I... Again, I found this one of my magical powers is getting to the core of problems. A kid kills a kid with a gun. Everybody automatically says, hey, stop the violence. That's a violence problem. No, that's a gun problem. No, that's a parenting problem. That's a decision-making problem. Parenting could have some Portion of that problem, but it's a decision-making problem. A guy had a situation, decided to kill somebody, that was his best thinking, so at minimum, coping skills problem, but the reality of it, it's a decision-making problem, so when we get to making these, you want some solutions, we gotta get some decision-making workshops, and I know in my community, for sure, but in every community, with respect to cultural humility, this is another thing, a lot of people, we talked about gentrification earlier, a lot of people will come into a community and play the expert. All right, this is what you guys need. We know that this will make it better. That will. In order to be an expert, you have to be amongst the people. So, the only way to technically really upgrade or assist someone in a certain demographic or in a certain situation or stuck in a certain lifestyle, you have to first understand them. That, that's first, And so that would be the, uh, the immediate uh, probe to find out what are the... Like we talked about, it, they're going to gentrify no matter what, right? They're going to change things around no matter what. So maybe uh, with respects to preserving my portion of the black and brown community, maybe we do need community benefits agreements. Okay, so you guys are going to build these big things and make all this big stuff. Can the little people can the little people get the jobs at least at minimum I'll tell you a quick thing that happened to me when I was in Baltimore there's a series that came on TV some years back called The Wire right familiar and The Wire it was a great thing it went on for like 8 or 9 or 10 seasons or whatever uh, uh 5 I believe there you go okay so 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 uh, so when I was in Baltimore right do you know that the locals, because I, I was new to the scene or whatever, I'm thinking, hey, The Wire, this really, this is, this is, we're really here. And do you know that the locals did not embrace that show? And I couldn't understand why. I thought it depicted the, the the community pretty realistically. And, you know, the locals told me that Hollywood came in, put all their trailers up, their big fancy lights and all that, shut their blocks down, shut their community down for set amount of time and didn't even hire any of the locals. A bunch of people from New York and California came in and did that. So imagine the impact that that has on, because they didn't observe cultural humility. They didn't even probably, they didn't probably even have anybody to even tell them that. They Like you said, they went in to gentrify it, make a buck out of it. This is gonna do real good on the big screen and who cares about the locals? So moving forward to make change, uh, moving forward, Maybe community benefits agreements uh, can be a win win for everybody because now, what happens if I can get Johnny the Dope Fiend an uh, opportunity? To make some some money, at minimum he can stop being an eyesore to my granddaughter. That's got to walk past him going to school every day because he'll be at work on this new building over such and such a place. It's like a win 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 win. Everybody wins. So my kids win. They they can actually see two things in that. They can stop seeing this dumb dope thing leaned over, and then plus they can see, hey, Mister Johnny got life after dope. Mister Johnny's working on the paint in the house over there. So they, it's a big stuff that can happen. With community
0: benefits agreements. That's really serious. Yeah. We just talked to. Uh, actually the guy who, who wrote this book. About Gloria Richardson. And one of the lessons. From her activism. Was. This idea of being in the community. And figuring out. she was a, She was trained in sociology. So she could do like surveys. And she could say. Well, what what do you what do, you, what, do you, what do you what's important like what should we be focusing our energy on like if this is if this is the reality how do we get these jobs like you're saying or how do we get money for the school like if we have to work within this political reality but we need to focus on what the most pressing material con, uh, concerns are for the community and whether that's through written agreements whether that's through negotiation, whether that's through, you know, nonviolent action, whatever that's through, I think that's exactly what sort of needs to be to be done. Um, I think the, I guess why I always go back to like the reckoning with the context of it, because I think if you convince people of that, you're better you're you know, <coughs> you're better able to direct you're better able to change course and make sure that there are opportunities for people that things are being done like we talked to Hanif uh, about the South Bridge making sure things are done for job opportunities for the community that's there rather than to figure out what's going to generate the most profit for the LLCs that a you know real estate company holds do you know what i mean like that's the how do we do that how do we get people to to realize it's more important to invest in things for the community on the street the people that are there yeah than for being able to generate more revenue to make your entities look more profitable on the market like those things – that's the thing you have to watch out for because that doesn't help the person on the street that your daughter is seeing or your granddaughter is seeing. That doesn't help that person get a job or even get health care that they need or addiction services that they need or housing that they need or make the school good that all the kids that are walking by that person are going to. You know, that's I, – I, I just I, – that's why I think the work that you're doing is so important to be able to show people – This is the context you're making decisions in. And so you really have to be very careful about it. About, like you said, gentrification, you have to accept development. That's just the way things go. Things progress. But how do you do it? Who gets who benefits from it? Who, uh, you know, who gets the most out of it? And, And what? Issues, real issues that people that affect people. What material issues are you addressing by it? Are you just doing it to do it? Because I feel like, especially in Wilmington, a lot of times we're just doing it to do it. Well, I'd, ha- <clears throat> I'd have to agree.
2: And uh, to add to what you're saying, I think uh, when you stepped out the room, I think you were going to get Carl. I Me and Bill were discussing um, the recovery meeting that I uh, co-facilitate Eastside Prior Recovery on Tuesday nights uh, from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m., and that's at Central Baptist Church, and that's uh, under the leadership of the great historian, Dr. Harmon Carey. Um, And Bill had asked me, do we observe the traditional 12-step program? And I was happy to tell him that we do not. Um, those 12 steps were, are very, very outdated. And so in my particular community, black and brown community, we are recovering from much more, uh, traumatic things. Our PDSD is very real. We're recovering from, uh, fit and all. We're, we're recovering from having given birth to assassins, uh, to look at your teenage child and, to know that they probably, unfortunately, should carry that gun, since the guys around the corner are probably really gonna kill them. Like it's like a it's like a lesser of two evils. It's like I don't want you to carry it, but damn it, I don't want you to go get killed either. Uh, we're recovering from, uh, and I was uh, explaining to them, like you know the pain of that when I get the phone call and they say you know they just killed such and such. That's somebody's son. So that's the stuff we're recovering from at our meetings. We're recovering from, uh, uh, it's really hard to recover from fit and all, but we're trying to bend people back over. We're recovering from that. We're recovering from teenage parenting. We got babies having babies. You talk about blind. That's Ray Charles leading Stevie wonder, but that is what's in our community. You know, this, this is why you know, Thanksgiving and all that stuff went to hell a thirty two year old grandmother can't possibly cook a Thanksgiving meal. She's trying to order from Uber Eats. So culture itself, uh, is is not the same. But then so moving so our meetings are about that kind of stuff, like real recovery. Recovering from somebody's uh son or daughter who just got sentenced unjustly uh, from a system that's uh, designed to not work for them. These are real things that are in our community. Some mother leaves that courtroom with that on her back, with that on her life. And then she has to, uh, God forbid, try to enter into a relationship with all this baggage. That's a toxic relationship waiting to happen. Like we need one more of them in the hood. It's just, it's a real mess uh, behind the scenes like it's easy to say, you know, give them jobs. Give who jobs? This guy first has to find his. He don't even know how to love himself. We need a love session. We need a love workshop, you know. And before you can even think about contributing to anything uh, as important as building the community, first you got to build your own self up. So we got a lot of stuff we're dealing with. But again, Rome wasn't uh, built in a day, and we know a thousand mile journey starts with one step. So we take. Uh, the baby steps. We sign up to eat applesauce before we eat apples and we can get it done in that way. But 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 we got to be realistic. People have to be repaired before we can repair a building. But we can do it with the help of people, like you say, who have the resources. There's people who can swoop right in and do the trainings and 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 bring people from a dead level to a living perpendicular. There's people who have the ability to do that. You know, but it's like you say, do they wanna do that with the resources or would they rather fly open another Starbucks right quick so when the guests come from out of town to have the big banking meeting, they can drink good coffee. You know what I mean? So no diss to Starbucks. It's bad uh, coffee. It's fine. Yeah. It's Buck. garbage. Fuck
0: Starbucks. I su- okay. I'll <laughs> still be drinking that garbage. Buck Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I, I have to, I have to tell you. Talk to me. Bro. Uh you just said something I wanna make sure. Uh was it a love workshop? Was that what you <laughs> called it? A love, yeah. a love workshop? Yeah. It was
2: spontaneous, but yeah, I just said that. Yeah.
0: A love I, shack. I love. I love that. I love a love workshop. Yeah. You know, it's like a justice. It's a love in public. You know, it's like a Cornell West sort of thing. Yeah, yeah that got me. Yeah. Cool,
2: it, because it's we know that love is like one of the highest, biggest forces. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to feel like you kind of have to. I look at it like. A lot of stuff I talk about is, like, you, you care about what's going on, and you care about other people, and if you care enough, you you actually love everybody. It's very difficult, but you can do it, and I think that's, like, the... that's the beginning of it. Like, that's, like, you can't... until you figure that out, I don't really know if you can do any of this. So, hear
2: me out, Rob. Hear from a guy who just... Like I was telling you earlier, opened my door, swam across three alcoholics, pardoned myself between two fentanyl junkies, and stepped over plenty of paraphernalia just to get to my vehicle to get here, right? here hear from a guy who's really in the trap, right? Um. You know what bothers me in my community and with respect to cultural humility for whoever's listening and possibly has influence on changing some stuff? It bothers me when I see people come in with food trucks and hop out. And start feeding everybody. That bothers me.
0: Why is it bother
2: It bothers me when I see some t- people sign up and say, Hey, we're doing a book bag drive. Take these book bags. That bothers me. Because that's putting a band-aid on a gunshot wound. We don't need another plate of food. That's not what we need. Like I said, we need parenting classes. We need uh, uh, love workshops. We need cultural humility workshops. We need community benefits agreements. We don't need one more plate of food. We don't need that. That that, that, that because what what that's like that's like that's like you see a, a hobo on the street and you put some change in his cup and you want to take a picture for your for your social media. Hey, I gave this guy change. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything. And then nine times out of 10 it's like third-grade food anyway. It's not even really good. But and then the book back thing so why are you giving me a book bag so that i can give to my child so that they can carry books to a school with all of that emotional trauma that they just left out the house with because their dad's in the back room on mental health and he's never been diagnosed he's been in the back room for eight months he don't even come out for every piece in a jar and then mom's unfortunately strung out on pills and then my brother He's a cold-blooded assassin. Him and his friends smoke weed and tow guns all day. And I just got to take my, I got to be grown at eight and just take myself out of there and then come to school and pretend I'm happy with my new book bag. You see, so that bothers me to see that somebody really pretends like they're making a change. Now take that same money that you just paid for all this food and these book bags and, and get some real love trainers in. get some real change agents and get some real people that can, like, like others like me and, 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 and Dr. Carrie and other people, who, Hanif Salams, get people who are willing to, uh, the Rochelle Wilsons, get people who are the, the, the Velda Jones Potters, get people who are willing to make change. Get them some resources uh, so that they can start making stuff happen. You know, the people who are of the people who are the people. Like, I I never touch it too much uh, because my ministry is truth. I think I was still telling Bill. Like, I lead by example. I don't do words, even though I'm a wordsmith and I like to talk and, and, I'm, and I rap and I'm a, a, a host. But anybody who knows me know I've been there. I got higher than anybody. I got drunker than anybody. I did just as much time as everybody. So I've been there. And then now, today, I'm sober, I'm clean, I'm upright in the same community. You don't got to leave the hood to get clean. You got to start making better decisions. Right where I was dirty at, I'm super clean at. And that's the big thing. That's what the kids see. That's what the parents. I remember parents that used to look at me and be scared to death when I came down the street. Those same elders are looking at me now, and they're just as happy with me, and they're so pleased with my growth and progress. And they always ask me to talk to their children, and even to talk to them, and, they, and say, "Hey, timeless man, how do you do it? What what is the recipe? What is the remedy?" And and it's 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 a, it's a variety of things, but the bottom line. Is you got to want better. You got to do better. The bottom line, there's no, I'm sorry, I'm going to get some religious people to hate on me. There's no mystery God coming to save us for years. Our people have been praying for food, clothing, and shelter. And we receive nothing but hunger, nakedness, and outdoors. God comes down and works through people. He works through the Rob Vanillas. He works through the Timeless Thomases. He works through people. And so I I, I, I do it in by that, by example. That I don't have to tell you I'm not high. You can take my urine or you can look at me every day, my daily routine. You can see I'm not, you can see the glow. I don't have to tell you I don't hang there. You can you can see my new route, my new route, my new growth. I don't have to tell you I made a new audio book. I partnered with Amazon Prime. So I don't I don't have to tell you, I can show you. But I'm just one. This is the one person, I'm one. And again, I, my stati- my statistics, my numbers are realistic. I know I'm not going to be able to save everybody. That's not even my concern. I'm not even going to burn myself out trying to save everybody. There's a select, because remember this, Rob, many are called, only few are chosen. Now, I always say, I use, you guys do the softball, baseball thing. I'm going to use my basketball analogy. You got 10 people on the court, right? They're the chosen 10. Everybody else in the arena, skybox on the bench, everybody else got to wait, these are the chosen 10, but out of those chosen five on five, then you also have elite, you have the selective, the favorites, you have your go-to man, you have your LeBron James, your Kobe Bryant, your Michael Jordan. you have your guys that get 80 touches a game, they get to score all the big buckets, they're even elite amongst the chosen, so that's, that's how I would like to feel of 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 myself. I, I feel like I'm the people's. Ch- you you not know, remember the Rock when he comes into the arena? How el- <laughs> How electric he is. That's that's what. The, that's how I am. But there's more like like me. But we only can reach the elite. And then it's up to them to reach their elite. And that's how it works anyway. So I'm probably rambling and scrambling. You got the sauce in there, so I'm probably just <laughs> going turkey ham. I can't go ham.
0: But I, 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 I went I, turkey ham. I I, I I don't I don't even think I can add much to that. Because I think that, that like the 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 love behind that and the feeling behind that is exactly the the thing that's right. I mean, it's the only it's the only thing that's gonna work. Uh camaraderie uh love and sort of like passion. it's the only thing that's gonna work with everybody. So there's some understanding about what's happening um, because it's the only way you you feel for another person. That's why I was saying earlier about like this individual sort of like individual responsibility and, and choices that you make like there is something to say for that, but that's sort of an individual thing. I actually think the most important thing, is the collective thing. It's, it's you know, sort of sort of the the idea like uh, like the love the love seminar. I think we're doing I think we're gonna do we're gonna do love conferences. Let, let me tell you the word for the day and that's good
2: too. love conferences, love workshops, love seminars. The word for the day is cultural humility. Well, that's two words. That's the phrase for the day, cultural humility. Because imagine us, right, with our great hearts and our great love and our great compassion and all our resources. Imagine us trying to talk to some little girls about teenage pregnancy. We have no right. We're not experts in that. I don't care how much, how rich you are, what party you represent, or how many garages your house has attached to it. Us foreigners here have no right to talk to any little girl about teenage pregnancy. We don't know nothing about
1: that. What if I saw the movie Juno, like, 15 years ago? <laughs> Which I...
2: Phil's doing stand-up comedy sitting down, uh, Hollis bunker. And this is why we're deep, deep in the bunker, because Bill might do that at any time. He just did it. He
0: literally raised his hand. He was like, excuse <laughs> 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 He's like, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> All righty. All right. <laughs> no, you had I think that that's yeah. You have to understand that there's stuff like you're not you're not fit to sort of like talk about. Let's you don't just even come know. Through humility. So what we would do, we bring in an expert.
2: If we want to, uh, you know, affect, make change or foster some change in that particular area. But that's important, too. You know, so that happens to us a lot in the black and brown community. People just come in and just start assuming what we're going to need from their perspective. Right. Anyway.
0: So let's do this. Talk to me. First of all, we're going to plug the book again. because Let's get back to the book. We are going to plug the book again. But before we do that, mm-hmm. I want to talk about 10 minutes about this Something, something I find funny. Now, are you you familiar with this Hunter Biden thing? You know Hunter Biden, he's he left his laptop out there and he was doing drugs and you know getting off and he was with like, whores and everything and, you know, people love that love that salacious stuff. <clears throat> but what we just found out recently from our friend Kay Baker, a friend of the podcast, a great local journalist, that. The, the, the real money that he made <coughs> was based on his connection to a lot of these deals that the state does with, like, solar panels and uh, batteries and uh, STEM campuses, the yeah. Star
1: Campus. In particular, after, like, the 2008 recession, I feel like there was a lot of federal money pushed out to the states to, like, invest in... Clean technology, whatever you want to, whatever it was called in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and there were there
0: were some boondoggles here. Yes, and so what we found out was a lot of those boondoggles uh, were uh, profited upon by one Hunter Biden, and you know that's what people do here. That's what they do. They see the the uh, you know what's happening. They're like, well, this is what's happening. I'm going to get mine. And it looks bad because, uh, you know, he's, he's a troubled soul. Um, I feel bad for him in some fashion, you know, he has, he has his own sort of substance abuse and and mental issues. And you can imagine based on his, what happened to him growing up, you could sort of see where that would, where that would happen. Now he's being scrutinized for sort of like uh, peddling his, his, you know, his, his, Possible connections and all of that to get in on these on these deals. What's interesting is a lot of these deals after two thousand eight uh, were orchestrated by the Jack Markel administration. Jack Markel, famously, uh, famously bald man, famous bald man, bicyclist. Bicyclist. That's he, what loves say. To, he loves to he loves to bicycle. He is a he's one of the the mentors of uh, of Senator uh, Sarah McBride, much known uh, mentor of of the. Uh, of the Delaware Way candidate. Musician. Musician? Well, I mean, I'm not going to go that far.
1: Cell phone owner. Cell phone. Owner. He uh, worked at Motorola for a number of years.
0: <laughs> so him and and his his economic development guy, uh, Happy Harry, Happy Harry Jr. Alan Levine, not Harry Levine, Happy Harry Jr. They did a bunch of deals just like Carney and Bullock. And Kay do the deals now. Back in the day, it was Markel and Happy Harry. One of the people who got in on that, who wiggled their way in on that, was Hunter Biden and his. Like there was like, here's his uh his company, his partner, just some fucking.
1: guy. Yeah, I believe it's John Kerry's wife's son, Heinz. I think it's a Heinz. He's
0: a ketchup ketchup junior. Yes, that was like. So we have in. Hunter. Ketchup Junior. Yes.
1: <laughs> By far the Happy superior Harry ketchup. And Happy Harry. Yeah, we got a, ha- we had, so
0: look. This, this <laughs> I, we got Happy Harry Junior. Heinz Ketchup Cousin Junior. And Hunter Biden Junior.
2: Right.
0: That sounds. So you got like,
2: Happy Hunt's Ketchup.
0: Yeah, that's look. There's, there's nothing more fucking American than this story. I'm just imagining Hunter like, like being
1: drawn in the style of Happy Harry now. <laughs> Just like, that's how he exists. Yeah. Like all the photos, the selfies he takes.
0: And so Carl, right. Carl, uh, Carl Baker has had, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop for a long time. It's, it's public pretty much, you know, the, 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 journalists have it. And so what he reported the last couple of weeks, um, was this, uh, and it coincided with Hunter, uh, the deal that didn't really go through, but it's still a deal. It just has to go through more due diligence or whatever. Um, he made a bunch of money off of this. Well, wouldn't you know? The same week, all of this stuff comes out. We find out that that uh, Jack Markel, the great Jack Markel, ex governor, um, he was appointed <coughs> ambassador to Italy and San Marino, and he lives in actually, other than the embassy in London, he lives in the like the most expensive piece of uh, United States property outside the United States. The villa in Rome in like this fancy, this fancy Roman villa. It's like Villa Rustique or something. I don't even remember. It was built for like a 15th century cardinal. And so now that bald bastard is living in Rome. And we, tr- we pretend that somehow Hunter Biden did something wrong. The only thing he did wrong is that he's not the ambassador? he's not his. He's not his father's ambassador to uh, Luxembourg, right? Or whatever. Really, um, I just I found that whole story while, as as Kay Baker would say, there was no smoking gun. No smoking gun. <laughs> no smoking gun. I, I I find those two things happening uh, at the same time very very funny. Ciao, Bella. Timeless Thomas. Hey, Rob. Thank you so much for coming in.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, Holland's Bunker. Uh, make sure you sign up to be a patron or you're going to miss the exclusives. Yes. Until next time. Until next time. Matter of fact,
0: let's tell them where they can get the audio book to. Let yeah,
1: do some plugs. Tell let
0: them. Me, let me Actually, let me. not only do some plugs, plug the audio book, but also plug some of the voiceover stuff that you're doing because we're yeah. going to play one. One of the things we're going to play going out is you pick one and we're playing the voiceover going out.
2: All right, Cool Leo Maglacius. All right, so listen, um Thomas Thomas, right? Uh Daron Swan is my name. Uh you'll have to find me with, with that when you go to ACX Audible. Or you could just go to one hundred and one things you should know about jail. Uh that's that's the book. It's on ACX Audible. Um it's also if you want to get the textbook which is becoming a collector's item. You can get that on Amazon, or for that matter, uh, the majority of the bookstores um, in the world.
0: Wherever you get your books, yeah,
2: wherever you get your books, does matter. Bookshops.org is good. Doesn't matter if it's another language; they'll translate it for you before they print it and send it to you. Um, and then also, it's a Kindle too. If you're balling on a budget, you know, it's, it's a Kindle. Um, and but also, yeah, uh, uh, the, the the recent. As if I don't already do enough uh, public speaking and, and mentoring youth and uh, being a role model and a good family man, a good father, good husband. As if I don't do it, a great son, my father is in uh, a retirement home and I have a elder senior ministry where, where I visit him once a week. And also we're talking about that love thing. Uh, I bring love right into the senior center and and when I visit him, it's just it's it's more than that. Again, it's the ripple effect.
0: Shout out to your pop.
2: Shout out to my dad. And he's one of one of the, if not the probably only dude that's greater than me, because he made me. Cause I'm great and I'm like, can you believe it's one more of me? So anyway,
0: so He uh, loves that story, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm just,
2: <laughs> one of his better stories. Yeah, so anyway, that impact it's that impact, man. When you know, when you come into those places, i you know, I'm the voice of the voiceless. You know the seniors there. There, you talk about mental health. they are crying in their last days because they can't understand why would my family abandon me? What am I doing here? And it's not just jail for them; it's death row. They know the guy they were playing checkers with just died at three o'clock, and probably tomorrow the lady across the hall is going to go. So it's a real, it's a real horror if if you if you if you don't know how to embrace. Uh, Someone transcending. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But I got a, a senior ministry, and, I, and I'm going to issue a challenge right here on Hollis Bunker Podcast. I'm going to issue a challenge. To everybody listening, all the listening audience, audience, excuse me, uh, that you go and see one of your senior relatives, friends, or family members, neighbors. Just check on them. Just do a check. You, You'll be surprised of what that does. For the spirit, but anyway, and then uh, I'm doing commercials, so Rob asked me to pick one. This means if you need a commercial for your business, any kind of business doesn't matter. I I, I do commercials, fifteen second Super Bowl commercials for businesses. And
0: uh... folks, you've heard of you've heard of people who do, you know, they do plugs, that do voiceovers, that do sort of the trailer stuff. Yeah. Well, Thomas Thomas, he does it too, oh, and yeah. And and uh, look, yeah. I do it. The, I do it the best. And uh, <laughs>
2: don't worry about trying to steal it because you, you you won't be able to take this and put a patent on it because it has to have my voice. So even if you were to do a voiceover and use voice software and take my voice, you're not as witty as me. No, so,
0: you know, AI, you gotta, you AI, ain't got to worry. AI. There's about no, that part. there's no, there's no timeless Thomas AI. There you go. Look, like you can't chat GPT. That yeah, fucking shit. You can't chat yeah, GPT. No. No, they
2: didn't on. make software for that one. Although they're very good with the AI thing. But. Yeah. Shout out to AI DuPont. <laughs> <laughs> speaking about AI, right, right, right? One of the best. Yeah, gotta get the kids. Maybe one, <laughs> maybe guys, maybe one of the, the kids, most
0: right? famous <laughs> Delaware AIs, AI yeah, DuPont. Yeah, was speaking about, he was AI before AI was AI. And that's before Alan Iverson. Ah, <laughs> uh, the answer. <laughs>
2: There we go. Tell me when you're ready for it. Uh, Here bro. we go. We're doing it. Alright, all right, all right, all right, all right, we're gonna plug it in right now. You ready for this? Yes. Alright, let's go. Carl, you ready? Carl Road Carl's to gonna to find Delaware.
1: Us. Waltz
2: Chicken Express. When's the last time you the waltz Chicken 2601 Carpenter Station Road or 103 North Lincoln Street. Come
0: have the chicken experience, dude. Timeless Waltz like, waltz Express on Lincoln Street. Waltz I want to go chicken right over there Express. right now. No one because you know what? I don't know when the last time I've been there. No. I've obviously been there many times, yeah. but when's the last time? I don't there
2: know. You there you go, Rob. Now you're talking, Rob, buddy. Rob, did cr- you want one more before I leave? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. No, me no, no. One. do you want one more? Series? I do. All right, let's do one more then. I got to plug my guy, Kurt. God, yeah, I got to no. plug my guy, Dr. Kurt. Shout out to C-Tap.
0: We're going to find these, or you're going to send them to us, and Carl's going to actually put them in.
2: Oh, cool. That's, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah send, us the,
0: send us the link.
2: All right. I'll do it like that. In the meanwhile, I'm going to give you this one here, this last one from my buddy, Dr. Kurt.
0: I'm so proud that Walt's uh, Chicken is now like a sort of technically a sponsor. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> there we
2: go. When you're hurt, call Dr. Kurt. Chiropractor, auto accidents, workmen's comp claims, headaches, migraines, back pain, sciatica pain. You want to get back on your game, conquer.
0: No one's commandeering that. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> And no I just want to. Uh, I just want to <laughs> make. I just want to make uh, one point. Uh, uh The the Highlands Bunker podcast definitely uh supports uh, Walt's Chicken, and we take absolutely no position uh, at all on uh chiropractor. We have, we have no position on it. And uh, other than that, left News
2: 101 Things You Should Know About Jail, written by Deron Swan, It's down on ACX Audible. You can listen to it, or you can
0: purchase the collector's item by hitting the link in the bio.